How can you tell if you're in a moment when your gut is telling you something is a bad idea or if you're caught in a moment of fear and you're supposed to feel it and do it anyway? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can learn more about me and how to work with me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today we have a listener question that's following up to some personal information that I shared about my recent move. Well, not so recent move to California. We moved in December of 2017. I don't don't know how much longer I have where I can really use that as a good story and an analogy for my podcast, but I guess we're going to find out today. But what I really appreciated about the question is what didn't get asked. I'm going to share the listener question in a second, but I think that what she's really asking and talking to here is these moments where business owners, managers, leaders are caught in this moment of resistance and they They don't know if they should go left or go right, or they simply don't want to move at all. And conventional wisdom in the entrepreneurial space will tell you to feel the fear and do it anyway. But what about those moments when your gut is saying, hell no, child, this is a really bad idea. Do not move. Do not press play. Divert, divert, divert. And like the GPS just telling you rerouting, rerouting. When you're in the moment of ambivalence and you've lost some confidence in yourself and you're not as assured of your decision making, it can be really hard to tell the difference. I think that's what the listener is truly asking me today. I'm going to dive into the question and I'm going to find you on the other side for the discussion. Heather, I saw your comment on Facebook about how moving to California was the best thing for you, even though you moved kicking and screaming. I mentioned your comment to a friend, and after reading what you wrote, I was left wondering why you even moved if you thought it was going to be such a bad idea. If you were going with your gut, or were you going against your gut? And how did you do something so big and so significant when you didn't even want to do it? I have all the questions. (laughs) You certainly do. I'm loving them. So often we are told to listen to our guts. Other times we're told that we have to feel the fear and work our way through it and we will be better after that. But if I legit don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. Did you know that this might be a good thing for you? How do we make such decisions when big opportunities come in front of us? And if we want to run like hell, how are we supposed to know if it might be good for us in the end or if we're supposed to trust our instincts? I can't figure any of this out. Okay, so first of all, for longtime listeners of the show, you guys are just going to hear this story all over again. I even think I did an episode on this recently, so I think I'm recently repeating myself, which is probably a new record for me. But the move to California came about because my husband was finishing his medical training. He had gone to med school, done his internship, done his residency, completed his fellowship, and he was looking for his first attending job towards the end of 2017. In the course of his medical training, 
he had decided for himself that he wanted to work for the VA hospital um, sort of, you know, units um, hospital center, I guess you could call it for lack of a better description. Specifically for the VA, he also wanted to be able to utilize his specialty that he had gone and done his fellowship for to do spinal cord medicine. His um, main level of study was physical medicine and rehab, and he specialized in spinal cord medicine. Those of you who don't know, he himself also has a spinal cord injury and relies on a wheelchair. So when he was finishing up his education, he knew very specifically he wanted VA only, spinal cord only, because in his mind, he hadn't worked that hard for the specialty. He hadn't taken the extra year of study to not use it and to not take a position that, you know, used that excellence and that expertise he had acquired. That left us six jobs in the entire country. There were six VAs across the nation that were looking for spinal cord specialists. One was in Rochester, New York, and I was very firm with him that he was not going to move me to the land of winter. There was one in inland Georgia that didn't offer a lot in terms of lifestyle other than excessive amounts of heat. Um, and I was hoping to find something in the middle. As I recall, I think there was also a position in maybe Texas. There were two in California, and then there was also one in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, when he was doing the interview process, I hadn't prepared myself for the fact that we would be so limited in our options. I'd always thought that he and I had a, this history of sort of traveling national parks and going to places where there was a lot of outdoor life and community. And I thought that our plan was going to be we were going to choose where we wanted to live and then we would look for a job. I didn't know that his passion for the VA was just going to change so radically our plan. And it created a lot of tension for us in our discussion because I didn't want to choose where we were living based on where a job was. I wanted to do it the other way around. When it all came down and he did the interviews, um, he had two opportunities sitting in front of him. One was the Cleveland, Ohio position and the other was Southern California. Cleveland, Ohio really, really wanted him. I really didn't want Cleveland. It didn't seem to offer anything other than keeping us on the East Coast. California, if we were going to have to choose where we lived based on where a VA spinal cord position was open, at least awarded us more opportunities. But in that, I didn't even want to move 3,000 miles away. But at the same time, my husband had chosen so many times to support me in my professional journey. He let me decrease hours when I was running my private practice and getting burnt out, knowing that would mean a decrease in income. When I eventually just got so burnt out, I couldn't function and didn't want the job anymore. He wholeheartedly supported me in my decision to close a lucrative, successful practice and to move to this online business and consulting space. After him, you know, starting his medical training in 2008 and not finishing until, until 2017, he obviously thought it was his turn.
And while I would love to tell you that was smooth sailing for me, and I was like, of course, honey, you have supported me in all these ways, and you have done all these things. Of course, honey, it's your turn. That's not the way those conversations went. And there was a lot of tension. I was so scared to leave my family and friends. I had never been more than two hours away from anybody. So the idea that I was suddenly going to uproot myself and move away from my nephews and not get to see the kids in my life grow up like broke my heart. But what I started to realize is that this was a non-negotiable, VA only, spinal cord only. I'd always known I wanted to move. I'd always known that I didn't want to be in Massachusetts forever. I just was landed there because it was close to all my people. And it's where the kids, you know, I was close to. And, and you know, my nephews and my friend and her kids and all of that. So that I kind of locked my Myself in there, but I'd already emotionally prepared to move away. I just hadn't prepared for that particular destination. So when you ask me, when you really thought it was a bad idea, how did you know? Part of this is keeping in mind that my big picture already included a change. I'd already introduced my self to the idea that I would be making a major change. I was willing to do it and I was really, and it was easier for me to do it because my business was completely movable and flexible. I could work from anywhere. So when it came down to it, my gut was telling me that if I really wanted a good quality of life that was consistent with what we had talked about, even though we had always looked closer to home, even though we hadn't really planned on all the way across the country, it seemed to me that California spoke to that. I didn't want to move that far. I didn't want to be that far away from my family, but I'd already decided I was willing to move. I'd already made that decision. So if, you know, if we walk the walk that I talk to you about all the time, getting crystal clear on the life you want to have and the business you want to run, does X decision, does the decision in front of you get closer, get you closer to the life and business you want or does it get you further away? A life in Ohio wasn't going to be worth it to me. It wasn't going to get me any closer to the life I wanted. It wasn't particularly pretty. There wasn't a lot of, um, the, in the Cleveland area, we kind of explored it a little bit and there, there just, there wasn't anything that got me excited. The Southern California area kind of speaks for itself. I mean, we live, <laughs> we don't live in Orange County, but we live near Orange County. I actually think the VA technically falls into Orange County. But when um, Damon told me about it, he's like, people just keep getting excited because it's like in the OC, whatever that means. And of course, I got such a giggle because he's not at all familiar with pop culture. So he had no idea what it meant when he said he was, he was going to be working in the OC. 
Um, but you know from TV and movies and just, you know, general information that Southern California is not the worst place to build a life. It's, you know, it's pretty. There's a lot of outdoor life. There's a lot going for it that is just like at the top of your head that you don't have to go searching for. I could have searched and tried to find things that were cool about living in Cleveland, but it wasn't going to be as good or comforting as never having to live in snow again. Because especially when he interviewed at Cleveland and we were told in his interview that sometimes Cleveland gets worse snow than Boston, that was not a selling point for me. I was not jumping up and down at that particular opportunity. So that is how I landed on saying yes to California. But I will also tell you that I was bawling and sad and feeling like an artery was severed the entire time because all of the other things I had thought about being away from my family, being away from my friends, missing out on regular every day with my nephews, like just was going to be an immovable object and it was not going to stop being true simply because I had decided California was the better option for our life. I was going to have to learn to hold both the parts that were hard, but the reason why it was going to be good. I think that what you're asking me in the question here around our gut comes down to what are you going to gain on the other side of your resistance? If you are imagining the worst thing imaginable of like whatever you decide your worst thing. I mean, my worst thing was that we were going to buy a house. I was going to decide we didn't like it and we were going to be miserable and have to move inside a year. I I was in the like, I was in the camp of let's rent an apartment first. Let's make sure we could do this. And he was like, nope, let's put down roots. <laughs> this is happening. This is where we're going to be. I don't want to live temporarily, which is completely ironic given the way we've been living ever since we moved and our house is now under remodel. But anyway, I digress. So um, it was, you know, it's one of those things that you have to look at for yourself when you are about to make a big change, when you're sitting in front of a big decision and you're starting to feel the butterflies. Are the butterflies saying bad idea or are they saying I don't want to do this because you can pick it apart and ask and ask yourself the question, what is the worst case scenario if this doesn't work out? If I put all my eggs in this basket and this doesn't work, what am I going to have to live with? What am I going to have to deal with? And am I willing to choose that consequence? Am I willing to call a do-over? Am I willing to say, oh, I really thought this was going to be a good idea for me, but it's not. So often what people do is they stop and they freeze and they get stuck in an action. It's like, oh, this kind of feels weird. This kind of feels dangerous. I don't know about this. But if you think about a horror movie when that sound goes on and if somebody, you know, sort of stands and they stay stuck and they stay frozen and they don't move, well, eventually, if you stay in the same spot, something bad's going to happen. You at some point have to explore. And that the way you start to navigate that exploration is building 
trust with yourself. Have you felt this feeling before? Have you felt and lived through and worked through this trepidation before? Is this a familiar feeling for you? Is it common for you to feel this before you make a big decision? How used to this are you? Has there been a time in your life when you felt this and ignored it and sat in the natural consequence of that choice? Has there been a time when you felt this, given it attention, and realized you were entirely self-indulgent and overreactive. So often, people want to skip their self-awareness. They want to skip their experience and give all of their energy to the feeling, all of their energy to the trepidation and the doubt and the misgivings, rather than just kind of poking around at it and saying, is this something I just don't want to do? Is this something that I don't feel confident doing? Or what might happen? The other thing I am going to suggest is something I learned from personal experience. And that is a lot of times when people can't decide, right? They're, um, they're either stuck and frozen in fear and inaction, or they're listening to their gut and their gut is saying, bad idea, bad idea, reroute, reroute. It's hard to tell the difference because that keeps you entirely in control of the problem. You then can say, oh, it's me. I'm stuck in my fear or, oh, it's me. My gut is telling me something and I don't know if I'm supposed to stop. It puts you in this place where you don't have to rely on anyone, nor do you have to affect anybody. And I find in my work with clients, when we really honest to goodness pick this apart, the frozen part and the stuck part, it usually more often than not leads to a hard decision that my client doesn't want to have, like a hard discussion, a hard reality. So me, in my case, it was the idea where I told my husband, like, yes, I understand you're sitting on a job offer from Cleveland. Yes, I understand that you haven't yet heard from California. I am letting you know that I am only willing to move to Cleveland if we hear from California and they say no. That VA only, spinal cord only, ticks off all the boxes and puts us in California if we get the job. And if we don't, fine, we go to Cleveland. That was a really hard conversation to have with somebody who has done nothing Thing, but support every single flight of fancy when it comes to my business. Have my back indisputably with anything I wanted to do, try, pursue. I have never had in my whole life somebody who has believed in me unquestionably as him. So to say to somebody who has let me do whatever I wanted, who, you know, like I, I still remember the year of my private practice when I couldn't pay the business bills. Like it was like the one loan month in my private practice where like I couldn't pay the rent bill because I hadn't had enough clients that month. And I remember like going to him sobbing and saying like, I need to pull from the personal accounts. I can't pay rent this month. And I was like sobbing. And he's like done and didn't make me feel bad about it and didn't shame me for it. And just was like, this happens in business. People have slow months. It's fine. Do it. Do what you need to do. So for me to say to somebody who has just was like an immovable object of support, like unwavering, like, yeah, you can have your dream job, but so long as it's in California, I 
didn't like being that person. I felt wholly hypocritical. I felt conditional in my support. And as a result, I really dragged my feet around having that conversation. Um, I created a lot of tension. I made it about not wanting to be with my, away from my family. I made it about so many things when the reality was I want a culture. I want to live in a place that makes life really good. And that's why I had been daydreaming about living in Colorado. And that's why I had sort of flirted with the idea of North Carolina, because those are places growing up that just brought me joy, made me happy. I never in a million years had ever planned on, dreamed of, discussed, sort of even flirted with the idea of California. Come to find out one of my long uh, time childhood friends had been in California the year before our move and she was there and she was like I saw you everywhere I totally could have seen you there and I I had no idea um and maybe it was one of those limiting beliefs that I had no idea that I could dream that big but really for me my limiting belief was I am not me without my people um I really envisioned myself as this like toddler in in, in a way um and bear with me while I walk you through the analogy because I didn't feel like a little kid but my story had always been like when I you know when I went to college and we learned about childhood development and we would learn how toddlers will walk away and they'll take their first steps and they're fine so long as they look back and they see a supportive mother and a thumbs up and a go, 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 you can do it. They can keep going so long as their mom is behind them. So for me, I had all of my people in my entire life within two hours from me. It was always my story that I had been capable of daring greatly, of um, trying new things and taking bold risks because I had my people and my story was I am not me without my people that was my limiting belief um and when I tell you, like, I, what I really should say is that was my truth. Because if anybody had ever told me that wasn't true, I would have argued to kingdom come and back again. Um, I had no idea that the, the love that they had for me, the support they had for me would simply be with me. And I would carry it. And it would be a part of my person and a part of my spirit and a part of my soul. And I would always have it with me. I'm going to cry. Like... 3,000 miles away. It just, it never occurred to me that it could be that way. Um, and so when it came to be that I just, we landed in California and we got the job and it all worked out. That is when I realized like, okay, like made a huge, scary decision and it worked out. What I hope you see in this story is that along the way, I was listening to my gut of what I said I wanted all along. Now, it didn't come out looking exactly like I said I wanted because I think we have to compromise sometimes and I think we have to be flexible and we have to, you know, not always know. But the reality was, is when it came down to it, was I willing to move to California and then change my mind? Yes. So then once I knew that, it was fine to go because I kept telling myself if I, if this doesn't work out, I can be home by next Christmas. So 
I think that as you are in this battle, there's a couple of things you need to decide for yourself. One is, does the thing in front of you get you closer to the life you want to have and the business you want to run, or does it take you further away? Is your hesitancy around disrupting somebody else, inconveniencing somebody else? And if it doesn't go your way, do you feel capable and willing to make manage the fallout. You want to do that self-examination and poke around. What often happens is people just give all of the energy to the feeling. And I swear to God, entrepreneurs like you, you people like have like record levels ability to give a shit ton of attention to your feelings all the time. As if your feelings are always a reason to do something or not to do something. And they have to be so carefully kept when sometimes you just have to recognize that you're having them and then move on accordingly and like get on with it. (laughs) Like make the decision, tune into your capability. So if you are stuck in that wishy-washy state, of not knowing if you're afraid and not knowing it's your gut, I'm going to ask you to go inward and do some self-examination. And what I can tell you is even though for me, California was never part of the picture, the idea of living in a different place with a better climate and more possibilities for things to do outdoors that were handicap accessible, California ticked off those boxes before I even got on the plane. But I was willing to do that self-examination. I was also willing to be that heartbroken. I was, I, I was cracked open, guys. Like I, I was so stunned by how deeply I felt such immediate loss at the idea of moving. But I was willing to sit there and go through it and feel it and have the longest goodbye on the planet with my people because I knew I was moving for months before we actually moved. It was torture when I think about it sometimes. But I was willing to go through that for the life I said I wanted. That's the self-examination. I didn't wait. And I think sometimes when we're afraid of something or we're not sure if it's our gut telling it's it's a bad idea, which is, you know, part of this equation, I think so often like we're just, we're, we're trying to come up with the answer that like we can feel confident about and that we can feel good about and that it doesn't bring hard feelings. And we tell ourselves stories that if it brings up hard feelings, it was probably a really bad idea. But the reality is, is your gut is going to say, I don't want this. Your gut is going to say, danger, danger, not the right move. There's risk here. Fear is going to concoct and create all kinds of stories that can be quickly arguable. But you have to be willing to ask yourself the hard questions. You have to be willing to have the hard conversations with other people. And you have to be willing to feel it, even when it's not convenient. I don't know how I did answering this question. I I think I I apologize if I went off on too much of a tangent and I wasn't clear. Um, This might be one of those times when you have to tell me what your specific sort of scenario is that's sitting in front of you so I can help you untangle it a little bit because I think I went on a little too much of a tangent. But hopefully you get where I'm going. Hopefully you're willing to do this self-examination and hopefully everybody else listening, even though I've repeated the story and gone off a couple of things, you've gotten a really good takeaway. 
Thank you so much for today. If you have a question on your life or your business and you would like my help untangling it, just as I did today, send your question over to heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thanks so much for sticking with me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.